Hey everyone, welcome into the Fantasy Bros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, joined as always by Mike Tagliere. We've got our week five start sit show today, and you can follow us on Twitter at Bobby Fantasy Pro and at Mike Tagliere NFL. We've got a great guest today. It's Jeff Erickson of Rotowire. He's the senior editor over there and host of the Rotowire Fantasy Sports Today on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. He's on Twitter at his name, Jeff underscore Erickson. Jeff, thanks for coming to the show. How are you doing? My pleasure. Uh, scrambling as always. I mean, it's a crazy week of week of injuries. You know, you guys do your ranks. I do my ranks. This this week trying to handicap that is just so difficult, especially with wide, all these wide receiver injuries. I, I had a team last week that had T.Y. Hilton, Mike Williams, and scary Terry McLaurin all on the same team. And scrambling to find anybody to replace oh, them is difficult. Oh. Isn't that the worst when you're writing an article on like Wednesday or Thursday and you've got all these players in there and it turns out, oh, they showed up on the questionable list. Oh, they're sitting out. Now you have to redo everything. Well, especially when you've got... Uh, <laughs> that happened to me last week. I was writing about Justin Jackson everywhere. National Reporter X saying he's trending towards playing too. You're exactly right. All right, guys, so we don't have a ton of news to talk about. There's just so many injuries that we're going to have to figure it out during the week, and we'll discuss some of those as we're going through the positions. But, Jeff, we're going to go right on into the running back position, and typically in these start-sit shows, we're looking at running backs in the you know RB17 to RB36 range. So guys that are probably a start most people would consider and guys that are maybe a desperate start but you might like so let's start in that back range someone who is you know typically an rb3 rb4 that you might feel comfortable starting this week do you have someone yeah i'd say ronald jones uh i don't love the matchup necessarily i like the player though i like the usage he's getting i like that he's starting to play a lot more uh even even more than peyton barber more snaps uh you know, I, I worry about what happens on third downs, but we even saw him catch a pass against the Rams last week. Uh, I, I don't have any preconceptions that this is going to be the, uh, you know, a huge, you know, high scoring game like it was last week. Not, not a ticket to the carnival, but I just like the player. Yeah, I love the player as well. Tags, I don't know. I, obviously, I don't feel good about this matchup, but what I'm especially concerned about is he's got three targets on the season. And if the Tampa Bay Bucks get behind playing in New Orleans in that dome, I think Ronald Jones could be phased out of this game a little bit. I've got him as a sit right now. Now, I'm not, you know, uh, super excited about about making him a sit, but I have him outside my top 30. Where do you have him? Yeah, I also am outside my top 30. Uh, knowing that uh, Bruce Arians came out and said that Peyton Barber is going to continue to start and they're just going to ride the hot hand, it, it's always worrisome. And the Saints, I know that people were thinking that, oh my God, this is a good this is a good matchup. You know, we have to start running backs against them after week one when the when the Texans walked in there and Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson looked good. But they were missing multiple players on, on the defensive side of the ball. David Onyemata and uh, Sheldon Rankins are back on the defensive line and we're starting to see uh, things get better. Like Ezekiel Elliott last week, 35 yards on 18 carries i mean zeke plays behind one of the best lines in football uh last year the saints allowed 3.22 yards per carry it was the second best in the league so this is a situation where i was definitely down to pick up ronald jones off the waiver wire because he should be owned in every league uh but this is not a week where i'm really excited to play him i mean he, he probably is my favorite bucks running back just because he offers the most big play potential and that's what you're going to need against the saints but i'm not excited about him this week so let me ask you this, okay, both of you guys. Would you rather start Ronald Jones over Carlos Hyde, Jeff, against Atlanta? Actually, no. I do have Hyde higher in my rankings. I have Hyde at 26. I have Jones at 31. So I don't love, like I said, I don't love the match against Jones. I guess I'm more excited about the player generally. Really lower, I would say, and it all depends really on what happens in terms of injuries is Marlon, with Marlon Mack. I, you know, I think Jordan Wilkins could be a sneaky guy this week if you're kind of desperate. Absolutely agree with that. Tags. Now, 
I mean, I guess it's it's not a lock, but they're likely going to be playing from behind. Is it going to be a Jordan Wilkins game? Because he's the three down back. Or are they going to use Naheem Hines primarily as they're playing catch up? Yeah, it appears that they're going to go at Naheem Hines as that pass catching back. And, you know, we saw it last week when they kind of fell behind uh, against the Raiders. We saw Hines catch six balls in that game. Uh, he is like the best pass catcher on that team. They were trying to work in Marlon Mack because obviously it creates a, a less predictable offense. You know, if they're pulling him on and off the field for third downs, it just creates like less predictability. So uh, with Jordan Wilkins, they don't appear willing to trust him like in a, in a big workload. I mean, even Marlon Mack, not 100% last week. We didn't see Wilkins get much. He only had one target in the passing game where Hines had six of them and then going back to last year I mean the Chiefs I mean they were they were ridiculous they, they allowed a lot of fantasy points I think it was the fifth most fantasy points through the air to running backs uh so yeah there's no way that the Chiefs don't put up points in the Colts who by the way the Colts are they're going to be missing probably both their starting safeties in this game Darius Leonard has missed the last two weeks like I, I actually just got done researching this game so it's a, like fresh in my mind Naheem Hines is like someone that I think if you're looking, if you play in a PPR format and you need like an emergency running back start, is an RB3 flex type play? I'm not against it. Well, T.Y. Hilton's banged up. Paris Campbell's banged up. Jeff, is there a chance that we could play both Wilkins and Hines this week if we needed to? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think the Colts are going to want to try to slow this game down. Uh, so at least early on, I think we'll see a lot of Wilkins. You know, if they, if when they do fall behind and those defensive injuries are staggering. And of course the chiefs are just a machine anyhow. Yeah. Then of course, uh, you know, Wilkins gets marginalized like he did against the Raiders. I mean, that was one of the things is game flow was such a big thing in that game. I mean, the Colts, you know, I, that was, that was one that I, I think I was most wrong on last week as Colts Raiders. I, the, the way that the Raiders moved the ball all game and just had these long grind out drives really, I mean, really shocked me. I guess I underestimated the impact of uh, Leonard being gone of hooker being out, yeah, you're right about that. Everything about the Colts this year has been surprising. I mean, Jacoby Brissett's leading the NFL in touchdown passes. Who would have seen that coming? And they get the Chiefs this weekend, so it's going to be uh, interesting for Brissett. Tags, I know how you feel about that one, so we'll talk later. But something else Tags and I disagree on a little bit is this Denver backfield. I'm a big fan of Royce Freeman this week. Tags, you like Philip Lindsay this week. Now, Tags, you make your case. I'll make my case. And Jeff, you be the tiebreaker on which one of these guys is the best go against the Chargers. Sounds good. I believe both of them can have fantasy value. It's not that. I mean, we have so far through four weeks, we have Philip Lindsay on pace for 268 touches, Royce Freeman on pace for 224 touches. This Chargers team has been decimated by injuries. Like they have one starter, Casey Hayward, left in their secondary, which has affected obviously their ability to defend the pass. And now they're going to be without Melvin Ingram, one of their top defensive linemen for a couple weeks, it seems like. So this is a team that has already allowed 4.82 yards per carry on the year. Losing Ingram surely isn't going to help. Um, so I, I like the matchup. It's just a question of whether or not the Chargers, because like on the other side of the ball, the Chargers are going to be able to put up points on this Broncos team. The Broncos haven't been getting pressure on the quarterback. They finally did last week, and then they lose Bradley Chubb for the season with a torn ACL. So if the Chargers jump out to a lead, it's not going to be like a heavy volume game for these two running backs. I just... I lean Lindsay. I, I think it's a good matchup. I think that they both can produce and I've put them close in my rankings. Like I have, I have Lindsay as someone that's like a low end RB two, high end RB three where Royce Freeman could be played as an RB three and I'm not like against it. So I don't think Freeman's a bad play. It's just more about playing the timeshare that they've had. And over the last two weeks, it's been 30 touches for Lindsay, 21 touches for uh, Royce Freeman. 
So ECR is with you. Philip Lindsay is 21, running back 21 in ECR. Royce Freeman is 31 ECR. And I get it. Philip Lindsay had a big week three. Besides that, he's been a disaster. He hasn't done anything in those other three weeks. And he tore up the Green Bay Packers because the Green Bay Packers have no run defense whatsoever. And it was a really good opportunity because we talked about it before this game. If they want to succeed in the run, they need to run outside, not towards Kenny Clark. That's exactly what they did. Philip Lindsay had a big game. But we think of Philip Lindsay as, you know, he's probably the pass catching back because he's this speedy guy. But in the past three weeks, how many targets does Royce Freeman have? 18 of them. He's got 13 receptions. If they're playing from behind, it's a Royce Freeman day. It's kind of like a mix. And Royce Freeman, by the way, played 62% of the offensive snaps last week. I, I get it. Lindsay started, but Freeman was the lead back. But yeah, Freeman. I mean, Freeman's been playing a bigger role in the passing game than people realize. Like I, I documented that a couple weeks ago, saying that he's running just just short of the pass routes that Lindsay is. So they're both. That's why I said this is like almost like a 50-50 timeshare. It's just we've seen Philip Lindsay, you know, maybe get some more of the goal line carries. And he has a, a longer history, I guess, of producing in the NFL, which is why I tend to lean him. But Jeff, do you have a, like a strong take between these two? I don't. They're very close to uh, to each other in the ratings uh, in my ratings too uh yeah i noticed i have freeman 27 i think i have Lindsay 34 it, it is one of those things where and what happens when they fall behind are they just gonna i, I don't know if they're gonna stick to the run I, it's really kind of strange especially targeting that decimated chargers i mean Chargers secondary there did the the spanos family like try to build a practice facility on indian burial ground because they are just getting such a wave of bad news whether it's ingram this week <laughs> Or whether it's you know just all, all, you know everything that's happened this year, even the kicker has a setback. Yeah, it's 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 ugly, man. There's uh there's so many injuries there. Even even going to the tight end, like you have Hunter Henry, and then the backup tight end Virgil Green is hurt. So it's like, and then uh, Colkin went to IR this week. So it's like that team is just going through so many injuries once again. It's incredible, guys. All right, let's go up to the top of the running back range. You know, 17 to 22. Texas. Is there a guy in here that you don't feel comfortable starting? I don't want to play Josh Jacobs against the Bears. I don't blame you for not wanting to play Josh Jacobs against the Bears. Uh, that game is going to be a very slow play. Uh, it's it's in it's, that game's in London, so it's considered at Oakland, but it's really a neutral ground, and there's going to be more Bears fans uh, than Raiders fans in that game. So it's going to be a Bears home game. Khalil Mack going up against his old team. The defense is going to bring it. Like running backs, just, they just don't put up points. We saw Dalvin Cook last week struggle. Uh, so yeah, J- Josh Jacobs is nothing more than an RB three. I would I would like to see how he's going to be using the passing game because last week we didn't really have a game script that that told us how. John Gruden, who, by the way, has said they want to involve Jacobs more in the passing game. He did get, I think, two targets, but yeah, he's got five on the season. We've seen this game script twice before against Kansas City, 12 touches against the Vikings, 10 touches. That's what's going to happen this week. And against the Bears, that's not going to be enough. Yeah, that's a problem. Uh, One player. I mean, one player I I like more than most. And I I think we, we jumped up to I know we jumped up to the higher in the rankings, but I wanted to discuss with you guys is Duke Johnson. Carlos Hyde is considered like a, a you know an RB3 every week. I think he's a low ceiling play, but the Falcons, it's that secondary that you attack. And the reason that I, I really like Duke Johnson here is because he's going to be involved in the passing game. Like, you know, we've seen him be involved, not, not nothing like exciting, but we have also not seen a team that's been able to go toe-to-toe with the Texans. And if, if the Falcons are going to put up points on the board, which I, I fully expect them to, Matt Ryan threw for almost 400 yards, no touchdowns, but they'll bounce back against this Texan secondary. I I have a feeling that this is going to be a higher scoring game than people think. And Duke Johnson against this Falcons team, who again last like over the last I think three years under Dan Quinn, they've allowed the it's actually over the last four years they've allowed 424 receptions to running backs, which is like easily and by far the most in the NFL. So it's it's a weak spot for them. 
do you guys like Duke Johnson this week or Carlos Hyde? I actually think I want to rank Duke Johnson ahead of Carlos Hyde this week. I think you make a pretty compelling case for Duke Johnson. Uh, and they, they did rediscover him a little bit last week after forgetting about him in week three, uh, which you know, I, I never seem to understand what Bill O'Brien's doing. But I think you're right. Uh, I think that I, I'm warming up to Duke Johnson, and I think I should have him higher than I already currently do. The thing about the Falcons, too, is losing Keanu O'Neal just kills them. It's the backbone of their defense. Exactly right. So, yeah, I, I think your logic sound on him. Yeah, I, I don't mind that whatsoever. I mean, they're close enough. Like Jeff said earlier, I don't really have a big you know, problem with this. The, the running back rankings this week, guys, I'm really close to ECR. It's just a couple guys we've talked about. Royce Freeman, I'm a little bit more excited. Josh Jacobs, I'm a little bit low. Um, so I want some more of your takes. I'm going to give you guys three players. You tell me which one you feel the most comfortable starting. Let's start with Sony Michelle against Washington. Okay, so this is a pretty good matchup, but it's Sony Michelle. Devonta Freeman, he's playing really poorly, going up against Houston's defense. And then James White against Washington as well. How do you feel, Jeff? I think I like James White the best. Sonny Michelle has just been, you know, ineffective in it, breaking tackles, eluding tackles, and a lot of that I think is part partially because of the the line situation, losing his lead blocker or fullback there. I, I, you know, he he needs that first burst uh, to get through. Whereas you know White's so obvious, obviously uh, is active in the passing game. You get around that a little bit easier there. I, I, they've really had a hard time running between the tackles this year, and I, I don't see that changing anytime soon. Tags, how do you feel about those three? I'm going to name them again really quick. Sonny Michelle against Washington, Devonta Freeman against Houston, and James White against Washington. I'd probably go with Devonta Freeman here. You know, like people are really hating on, on Devonta Freeman just because like his, his, the start of his schedule has been brutal. I mean, he played the Vikings, the Eagles, the Colts, and the Titans. Like those are those are, those are are four tough games. And the, 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 best, the, the best matchup was the Colts. And he totaled almost 100 yards there. He did total 100 yards from scrimmage last week. So um, like looking at the Texans and what they've done without Jadavian Clowney, they're not they're not as bad. Again, this is this goes back to the week one conversation where people saw whatever people see on national TV they think is like the standard. Um, just because the Saints running backs rushed all over Houston doesn't mean they're bad. But still, um, since that time, they've played against Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, Austin Eckler, and Justin Jackson. They've held them to 3.61 yards per carry. But this all comes down to what they have to defend in the secondary. You know, with Jonathan Joseph, with Bradley Roby, with Lonnie Johnson, who is expected to cover Julio Jones. Like, I don't know how that's going to work. He's he's a rookie that's not ready for it. And um, I, I don't think they're going to be bringing a whole lot of pressure, which means that Devonta Freeman is going to see a lot of seven, six-man fronts. Uh, so... I think, again, if I'm attacking a higher scoring game, I think Devonta Freeman's the safest bet, but I do like the James White call. James White is, is a good play. I um, mean, we saw him last week get 10 targets. That's going to continue to be the case uh, with Tom Brady. The offensive line is not blocking as well as they would like them to. Sony Michelle is really touchdown dependent, and the, the Redskins, since the start of the 2018 season, they've allowed 11 rushing touchdowns in 20 games. So it's not like, you know, like it was the Bills last week who have allowed quite a bit of touchdowns. So I'm going to go in the order, I would say Devonta Freeman, James White, and then Sony Michelle, but there's quite a big gap between Freeman, White, and then Michelle. Like Freeman and White, you can interchange those two, but uh, Michelle is definitely the number three option for me. I've got White, Freeman by one spot, and then Sony Michelle's back four or five spots. So very similar to you, Tags. Let's go with another group of three. We've got Jordan Howard, who's kind of a mystery. Played great last week. Decent matchup against the Jets this week at home. Positive game script. Let's see if they use him again. We'll go Daryl Williams against Indianapolis. And then let's throw in Frank Gore at Tennessee. Jeff, why don't you go first? Uh, I'd go Jordan Howard barely. I mean, it's so funny. They are grouped so tightly for me. I have Howard at 25. I have uh, 
Dar- I have Gore at 28 and I have uh, Daryl Williams at 29. So right all tightly grouped. The thing that really impressed me about Howard is how often he wasn't in the game in passing situations too. They really love his blitz pickup and that keeps him on the field more. It gives him some targets. It's something he never really did with the, the Bears as much, which is so ironic. One of the things they reasons why they let him go is because they felt like they're telegraphing their uh, plays, uh, you know, what sort of formations they wanted to play out of because they didn't view him much of it as a pass catching threat. Well, the Eagles are using him a little bit differently in that respect. So I, I like him just a little bit better. I don't think I like the matchup for Gore at Tennessee, and especially if Singletary does play. He was limited in practice today. I think that's going to be something that uh, Gore gets scaled back a little bit. And Williams, I mean, again, it's just a question of, you know, role, and he seems very touchdown dependent to me. So you came up with a couple guys that you like a little bit deeper. Duke Johnson, you said tags. Ronald Jones, you said Jeff. Do either of you guys have any other RB3, RB4s that you wouldn't mind starting if you're desperate? Tags, why don't you go first if you've got one? Yeah, Chris Thompson against the Patriots. Um, you know, they're we don't know who they're starting a quarterback just yet, uh, whether it's Case Keenum, whether it's Colt McCoy, whether it's, it doesn't matter. Uh, they're basically going to be in trouble. That offensive line without Trent Williams has been a disaster. This That means that this is not an Adrian Peterson game. They're going to fall behind very quickly. Terry McLaurin may or may not play. He's dealing with that hamstring injury. The receiving options outside of him don't do much. Uh, Jordan Reed may never play football again. Like, you, you start adding all this stuff up, and, you know, teams are going to, to get pass attempts against the Patriots. That's just going to happen. So you have to find where those attempts are going. And Chris Thompson has been somewhat reliable. Is like that. And I said this back, if you remember, Bobby, when Darius Geis got hurt, I said I thought Chris Thompson was the running back that was going to have the most value in that backfield, that I would rather have him than Adrian Peterson. And that still holds strong. I mean, like, if you look over the last uh, the four games they've played this year, he scored at least uh, eight half PPR points in every game and up to 13 against the Bears. And, again, that was another negative game script. And that's what we're looking for. So, yeah, I, I like Chris Thompson this week. Jeff, do you have anyone you want to add? What about Jalen Samuels at home against Baltimore if James Conner doesn't play? Yeah, well, if he doesn't play, absolutely. It's going to be a, a pretty big bump, especially when you see see that the last two weeks, the Ravens have, fa- have given up a good amount of chunky yards. We saw what happened with Nick Chubb, obviously, but even the, the Chiefs with McCoy and Williams ran the ball pretty reasonably well. You know, prior to that, they had, you know, this this stout run defense, but look who it was achieved against. It was achieved against the Dolphins and the Cardinals, uh, the two, two of the three worst offensive lines in football, I would say. Yeah, I, I would say Samuels, if Connor doesn't go, is is a great start. I think Connor will go, but I think we'll have to see wait and see on that one till Friday, probably uh, if not even later. Uh, I throw I'll throw one other name as a desperation play. I maybe go back to the well, Tony Pollard. I know he only had two snaps last week, but gotta love uh, throwing guy running backs against Green Bay. And I think this game will play out a little bit differently. Uh, I think he might be a guy that in, in a pinch that you could turn to. Sure. Okay, guys, let's go wide receiver. Like we said, it's decimated by injuries. Let's keep an eye on the injury report with some of those guys. And I don't really want to talk about some of those situations just because so much is going to change between now and when people listen. Um, So let's go with some guys. We'll start up at the top this time. Uh, You know, to start Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Stephon Diggs, Josh Gordon. So let's go outside the top 20 in ECR. By the way, if you want to follow along with these rankings, when I'm talking about ECR, it's our expert consensus rankings. So we've got 140 analysts across the industry who rank every single week. And we're showing the consensus of all those guys to show you what the industry recommends as a whole. So you can check it out at fantasypros.com slash rankings and follow along and see who these guys are outside of the top 20. We've got Alshon Jeffrey. He's back against the Jets. DJ Moore has been up and down. Kyle Allen uh, didn't look great last week. They get the Jags and we'll go with Calvin Ridley, who kind of disappeared last week. Tags, which of these three, Jeffrey, Moore, and Ridley, would you rather play? 
Oh, uh, it's Alshon Jeffrey for me. Uh, Jeffrey is he's like a, a rock solid uh, wide receiver too this week. I know he didn't have a, a great game against Green Bay, but he's had ten days to heal up. Uh, this is the Jets who benched Tremaine Johnson. Uh, the Jets are better against the run. They're getting C.J. Mosley back. They're getting Quinnen Williams back. Jeffrey is is a phenomenal play here. Nate Harrison and Daryl Roberts are the starting cornerbacks for the Jets, and that that duo has combined to allow 343 yards and two touchdowns on 37 targets in coverage which is nearly 10 yards per target and uh, a touchdown every you know 18 attempts that come their way knowing that Carson Wentz is is still missing Deshaun Jackson knowing that he he seemingly doesn't want to trust Nelson Aguilar knowing that Jamal uh, Adams is going to take away Zach Ertz Jeffrey is like the logical one here like this could be a two touchdown game for Alshon Jeffrey I love Alshon Jeffrey. I've got him as my wide receiver 16 this week, which is a lot higher than his ECR 24. Jeff, where do you have Jeffrey? And what do you think about him over Moore and Ridley? I 100% agree uh, with Jeffrey. Uh, For all the reasons you say, uh, it's going to be a game with bad corners on both sides of the ball. It's kind of crazy to see it in that light. But and then with DJ Moore, obviously the question is just Jalen Ramsey play or not, because I, I would assume that you know he's going to attract Jalen Ramsey's attention if he does play, uh, which obviously brings him down. I don't know what to make out of Ridley. Uh, you know, you see, see Matt Ryan having so many attempts, yet Ridley is not getting many of them. And, you know, it just seems like he's kind of boomer bust. It's two weeks in a row. That Colts game was even worse. I know he picked up an injury late in that game, but he was non-existent for the f- entire first half of that game. So, yeah, I think just from a, like, you know, you know, if you want to cut out the variance factor, I think really has to be third, a distant third on that list. I'm trying to trade for Calvin Ridley in my leagues right now. I'm really excited about this opportunity because he's a he's a dang good football player, right? And uh, Sanu's been the guy getting the targets. We saw this last year, but Ridley is going to get his. Um, I think this is a good situation for him to go off, but I definitely prefer Alshon Jeffrey. Um, even if even if Jalen Ramsey doesn't play, they've still got AJ Boye there. Um, so I don't love the DJ Moore play. I've got him as a solid wide receiver three, but nothing more than that. All right, guys, we're going to move on to some more wideouts here in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about a wideouts helmet that we're going to be giving away. It's Julian Edelman, and one lucky listener is going to take this bad boy home. You can check out the details for it at fantasypros.com slash contest. It takes like a minute to enter this. So go ahead and check it out. Again, that's fantasypros.com slash contest to enter for your chance at a Julian Edelman signed helmet. And guys, we're able to do this giveaway thanks to Pristine Auction. And if you haven't checked out Pristine Auction, you guys are going to love it. First of all, when you sign up, enter the registration code FANTASYPROS. That's going to get you $5 off. It's free to sign up. You don't pay anything until you win a bid. And there are hundreds, even thousands of items auctioned off every single day. So you're going to find some great values. You're going to be able to find something from your team, maybe even your favorite player. I've found some really obscure players in there. And like I mentioned, there's great values every day. Everything is guaranteed authentic from only the most trusted sources. Again, that's pristineauction.com. P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, auction.com. Let's go to three other players. Tyrell Williams, but he gets the Bears. Curtis Samuel, another one going up against the Jags. And then let's throw in Demarcus Robinson, who's been kind of up and down. He gets the Colts this week. Tags, why don't you take this one first? Oh, can I choose none of the above? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't really like any of the uh, like the options that were given there. Um, can I, I, I'd actually go deeper and say I'd, I'd start Cortland Sutton over all those guys. Okay, Cortland Sutton, by the way, ECR, wide receiver, 36 right now. He's going up against the Chargers. I'm assuming he's not going to draw uh, Casey Hayward. Yeah, well, I mean, even if they play sides, it's not. I'm not that worried about it. So, Cortland Sutton, people don't realize, like, 
I was down on him this year, but I'm I'm slowly turning things around because like he has seen at least seven targets in, in each game that they've played this year. The Chargers, again, I don't think they're going to be able to shadow. And if they do, it's going to be with Emmanuel Sanders. There have been five wide receivers who have seen seven targets against them, which is Sutton's floor. Their finishes, wide receiver six, wide receiver six, wide receiver 39, wide receiver 48, and wide receiver 42. So we're talking about a floor, a fantasy floor of wide receiver four here for someone like Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders. So yeah, I mean, the dude... I think he only has just one fewer reception than Emmanuel Sanders, and he now has more yards than him. But people continually say that Sanders is the better option. But if Sanders does draw Casey Hayward in this matchup, I mean, Cortland Sutton should continue to do well. I'd agree with all that, especially because you can see like it's not even like a priority in the red zone either. Sutton is actually getting a lot of those targets as well. He's no longer just like hope he hits on a big play. He's, you know, a staple. And it's the tree is so narrow in uh, in Denver. That's one of the things that's really nice. I mean, the running back is confusing, but. You know, you've got the, the two the two main options. Every once in a while, Deshaun Hamilton chimes in or Noah Font chimes in. But for the most part, you know they're going to the two main options, and it's really it's it's really helpful. Uh, you can both those guys are a comfortable start every single week. Yeah, and Bobby, I just want to I, I think we should put an asterisk by uh, Curtis Samuel, where if Jalen Ramsey doesn't play, I upgrade everybody in that unit because like. I posted this tweet um, while, while sitting there watching Monday Night Football. I just came across a stat that Jalen Ramsey uh, has played 52 career games. In those games, there, there was just one uh, quarterback who threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns, and that was Patrick Mahomes, who does it against everybody. One game without him, they allow 303 yards and three touchdowns to Joe Flacco. So it changes that defense completely. Uh, Curtis Samuel, I mean... Doesn't matter, though, because they got Gardner Minshew, so they're going to win anyway. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good call on Curtis Samuel. Let's get another group of three guys. Uh, Gardner Minshew's favorite wide receiver, DJ Chark, uh, going up against Carolina. Marquez Valdez Scantling at Dallas. So we got Chark, Scantling, and we'll go John Brown against Tennessee. Jeff, you're first on this one. I'm going John Brown on this one here. I'm scared of Chark this week. I don't think this is a good Chark week. You know, Minshew's actually banged up a little bit. He'll probably be okay. But uh, the other thing is just you look at what Carolina's done to opposing receivers so far, and I'm just not happy about that. I, I, I don't, I'm not happy about this matchup at all. You know, he, he could hit on a big play and make me look foolish on this one, but that's that's kind of the only way that's going to work. I just don't see, uh, you know, even Hopkins struggle a little bit. If they run that cover four again, I, I think it's going to be a pretty effective uh, approach for them against Jacksonville. I don't really want to have to start Chark if I don't have to. I would agree with that. I've got DJ Chark as my wide receiver 37, ECRs at 31. So I'd prefer both these guys ahead of him, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and John Brown. I prefer Marquez Valdez-Scantling by just a little bit because it looks like Devontae Adams is going to be out. Tegs, how do you feel about this one? Yeah, I have John Brown the highest of them. Uh, I don't I don't really like any of the matchups. Uh, Chark, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the lowest on. But John Brown, with the amount of air yards he's been getting, like, you know, he's been getting targeted at least like seven times in every game, you know, double digits twice and if you're getting that volume and you're getting like legitimately like his his average depth of target is down the field all he's the type of player that just needs one catch and if Tennessee can't get after Josh Allen like he can get the ball down the field I would downgrade John Brown a bit if we see uh, Josh Allen ruled out for this game but as of now I'll take him Valdez scaling against the the Cowboys is a brutal matchup. It's so tough. Like I, I've got, I went through that game earlier, and I really I don't like Valdez scantling that, that much. He's in wide receiver three territory. I don't like Geronimo Allison that much. Ugh, it's like Jimmy Graham and, and Aaron Jones are gonna have to get it done. All right, guys, let's go with another group of three wide receivers going down a little bit. I love Will Fuller this week against Atlanta. Then we've got Hardman going up against the Colts, and let's go with Philip Dorsett against Washington. Jeff, which of these three are you taking? Uh, I'm going Will Fuller. Uh, Stills banged up, may not go. I think that just increases the number of targets. Again, you know, I think that 
I think this is going to be the Houston bounce back week. I, uh, you talked about the game flow, uh, you know, earlier on in this game tags, and I, I totally agree with you. And I think, you know, the fact that uh, Stills might not even be there, I don't know how much they trust QT anymore. Uh, I, I think that this is definitely a, a Will Fuller f- sort of feel to it for me. So I, I feel strongest about him by far. Hardman, you know, he, he was kind of an afterthought a little bit in this game. And Tyreek Hill had limited practice on Wednesday. We'll see if that, you know, Hill even might even play. And if that does something, that, that completely knocks out Hardman from the consideration. Texas Hardman droppable once Tyreek Hill comes back. I mean, he's still going to be on the field, I think, in three wide receiver sets uh, just because of his versatility, able to play in the slot, whereas Demarcus Robinson's pretty much a perimeter wide receiver. Um, But it's kind of like Chris Conley last year. Like, did we want to start the number three wide receiver on Kansas City? I don't know if you – I mean, it just depends on how deep your league is, but he definitely is droppable. He wouldn't be someone that you'd use on a weekly basis. You know, I I like Will Fuller. I just mentioned that. But I like Kiki QT a little bit this week as well because Kenny Stills is likely going to be out. Uh, QT had played 58% of the offensive snaps last week. And yeah, he's not up to speed yet because he was dealing with the injuries. But it could happen this week against an Atlanta Falcons team that's given up 27 fantasy points per game to opposing slot wide receivers. This could be a huge week for Kiki QT. If you're desperate, you can go pick him up right now and use him. Yeah, I mean, Will Fuller is definitely the play of the ones you mentioned, though. Like, the targets have been getting there, and we saw Desmond Trufant and Isaiah Oliver torched by Corey Davis and A.J. Brown last week, and those are Titans receivers. Mm-hmm. You don't like Philip Dorsett? Where do you have him, Tags? I like Dorsett. Dorsett's a wide receiver three to me. Uh, they're at, I mean, at Washington, that's a, that's a good matchup for any wide receiver. And knowing that the Patriots have legitimately blown out, like, every opponent except for the Bills, and they're still averaging over 36 pass attempts per game, it's because the run game's not moving. Like, you can still get targets, and if you're getting targets, like, from Philip Dorsett against Quentin Dunbar, which it, that's probably the matchup we're looking at, yeah, uh, he's definitely startable this week. I would start, I would start Philip Dorsett over someone like, uh, Golden Tate, just because like I don't know what to expect out of Tate in his first game. I really don't, and it's a, it's a tough game a matchup against Minnesota. So I would start Dorsett in a in a question like that. I was going to ask about Tate. I would not use him this week against Minnesota either. Let's skip him though. We're going to go with four wide receiver fours. You tell me if you've got to use one of these guys in your flex, who are you most comfortable using? Jeff, we got Corey Davis against Buffalo, Terry McLaurin with maybe Dwayne Haskins going up against the Patriots, Cole Beasley against Tennessee. Mohamed Sanu against Houston. I think Sanu because of game flow. Uh, I, I think that that's we talked about it. High, how high scoring it could probably be. You know, Ryan trusts him. He he's the move the chain sort of guy. I'd be all over McLaurin if I knew where he's completely healthy. Uh, but a, I don't know if he's going to be completely healthy. And b, I think that the uh, Pats are just going to stick Gilmore on him, and I think that's going to make it life pretty tough for him this week. Right. Uh, so I'm, I'm try- probably I, I'd probably avoid that there. Uh, I just and I, I never know when to time Corey Davis right. Uh, he he it's, it always seems like it's there's the Corey Davis week. <laughs> it's not this week. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, I hate the matchup against Buffalo. I think that game's going to be ground into the muck. So, Tags, I've I've still got Terry McLaurin number one on this list over Sanu. Like, most weeks I would usually have McLaurin 25 to 30. This week I've got him wide receiver 43. I feel fine about it. It's right where he is in ECR as well. Are you starting him over Sanu? And what about the other guys, Beasley and Corey Davis? I'll go Beasley. I mean... He's the Adam Humphreys of 2019. <laughs> he's not a, he's not a, he's not sexy, but I mean, let's be real. I mean, Muhammad Sanu is right by him in my ranking. So I'd have no issue with that. I just, I feel like Julio Jones can go absolutely bananas in this game. And if they want to get Calvin Ridley back on pace, they could do that too. Um, he's matched up against Jonathan Joseph. Who's like, you know, over 35 years old now. That's, it's pretty tough for those guys to hang with someone as young as Ridley, as good as route runner as he is. So I like Sanu. 
I just I think I'd go Cole Beasley. He's just the safest play here. He's the number two option in that offense. Uh, John Brown should probably struggle a little bit. They're not allowing big plays in Tennessee. So if they want to move the ball down the field, I think it's through Beasley. And those are the higher percentage throws for Josh Allen. So I'll go Beasley. All right, guys, let's go one wide receiver. If you're desperate, you can use this guy. You feel good about them. Do you have one, Tags? Auden Tate. Auden, oh, that's a good one. You you totally stole Jeff's, by the way, because I know Jeff loves Auden Tate this week. Jeff, <laughs> is that true? I had him written down as the start of the week that I don't normally start, but uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's he's the better Tate this week. We're going to count this one as your as your. It's bank. okay. It's fine. We'll share it. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I'll throw Robbie Anderson into that too. Robbie Anderson, I would start over him, by the way. Uh, if he That's my pick. Now, Tags, you're stealing everyone's picks. I was going to go Robbie Anderson, you jerk. <laughs> Are you serious? I have Robbie Anderson as a top 30 wide receiver this week, so. Me too, man. He's ECR wide receiver 42 right now. I don't get it. What? No. All right, so Tags, you use Robbie Anderson. Jeff, you get Auden Tate. I'm taking Anthony Miller. I wish I could trust Anthony Miller. I I'm so sad that uh, it's that it's become what it has. I mean, let's be honest. It, it, he was a guy that I was like super hyped about is like a 10th round pick this year and it didn't pan out. It's it sucks. And I have no idea why um, that he's not getting the targets because like this is, they traded up to the second round to get him like everything about it makes sense. The fact that Anthony Miller is efficient when he does get targeted makes sense. The fact that Oakland has LaMarcus Joyner in the slot. Everything makes sense, Bobby. I, I, I fully absolutely if I'm the offensive coordinator, Anthony Miller would have a big game. Well, hold on a second. I, I'm looking at their I'm looking at their schedule so far on the teams that they've played. Green Bay and Denver are the two best teams against slot receivers. Minnesota's really good against slot receivers, and he was banged up at the start of the season. Now that he's healthy, Taylor Gabriel's hurt. He's got dealing with a concussion. I bet they hold him out one more week with the bye coming up in week six. I think Anthony Miller against the Raiders, who are the second worst team in the NFL against slot receivers, I think he's going to eat, man. I don't feel confident starting, but if you're desperate, I've got Anthony Miller as a solid flex play this week. Wow. Bold. I like it. All right, guys, let's go to the quarterback position. And uh, Tags and I have a big disagreement on this one about Jacoby Brissett. And maybe this just comes down to, I haven't considered something yet. So Tags, why don't you educate us? Why do you not like Jacoby Brissett against the Chiefs? I'm not saying he's like a terrible start. I don't want to say that, but I do want to, this is, I'm going to basically read off my primer because this one, it's like, there's a, it's a tidbit that I've, I've, I found and I wanted to share. All right. So there was 512 games played in the NFL last year, 512. Of the 50 games that featured the most fantasy points scored in them, how many do you guys think took place at Arrowhead Stadium? Like, this is including the Chiefs, by the way. So, including the Chiefs and their opponents, of the games that took place there, how many do you think were in the top 50 games of fantasy points scored? Judging by the framing, I'm going to go way lower here. I'm going to say, like, one or two. All right. I'm going to uh, one-up him, like Price is right, and go two or three. It was one. Oh, man. It was one. And again, that includes Chiefs players, guys. Um, so Lamar Jackson did finish as a QB 10 in Kansas City in week three, but it was due to rushing. He threw zero touchdown passes in that game. The top six quarterback performances against the Chiefs came on the road last year. All right. In Arrowhead Stadium, the only quarterback who scored more than 21 fantasy points last year was Blake Bortles. And why did he do that? Because he rushed for 34 yards and a touchdown. I'm not saying Brissett can't be a streamer, but for those who are like, oh, he's a tournament option, like he's got so much upside, going into Arrowhead has been brutal for opponents. And, and over the it's now been three years running, the Chiefs have allowed a t more than a touchdown fewer in their home games. Arrowhead Stadium is apparently a tough place to play. It's weird. Who knew? Knowing that he's going to be without T.Y. Hilton, that's not going to help. All that stuff kind of adds up to where it's like, Brissett is fine as a streamer, is like, you know, whatever, but... I'm not like, I would rather start Kirk Cousins personally. That's just me. Dang.
dang. Holy cow. Kirk Cousins is going to throw like four passes. I'm, I'm just telling you, this is where I'm going with it. I mean, I, I understand the appeal to him, and I think he does come with a, a, a relatively high floor, but I'm not excited about him this week. Okay, so I mean, Arrowhead is a very tough place to play. When you think about tough places to play at Seattle, Kansas City, I would throw Denver in there because of the elevation. So it makes sense. I mean, I've, I've got him QB 10, just ahead of his ECR at QB 11. Um, Jeff, how do you feel about Jacoby Brissett, and how do you feel about Kirk Cousins? Where do you have them ranked? So I have Brissett at 15 this week, and I already have had a couple comments like, don't you think Don't you think you have him too low? I, I'm, I'm kind of in line with tags on this one here. You know, the lack of T.Y. Hilton is a big deal. Now, he might get that rushing touchdown, too. I mean, he he can break some tackles. He's not exactly, like, designed run sort of guy, but he can scramble, and that may be his outlet. It's funny you mentioned that Blake Bortles game last year because that was, like, the beginning of the end for Bortles. That's where, you know, he made a couple of throws in that game last year that were just mind-bogglingly bad, and that (laughs) vividly sticks in my mind. I remember. I'm a Jags fan. Yeah. And so, I yeah, I, I kind of remember that. But, yeah, you're right. And it's funny. A little bit of knowledge can be a dangerous thing sometimes. Uh, at the Athletic ran an article, like, ranking home field advantages as measured by DVOA uh, in the off, like, right before the season started. And, like, the Chiefs measured a little lower on that. I think that the Florida teams all measured higher. Um, it might have been because of the, the metric they were using. But I think it threw me off a little bit there in some of my, my thoughts early on. It's like it took me away from, like, evaluating the actual teams themselves. Like, oh, I got to think about this. No, it's just, you know, they actually have a pretty decent pass rush. The the crowd noise makes it a much bigger deal. I can see all the logic why you haven't had these opposing uh, QB games. All right, guys, I'm going to give you three quarterbacks who are kind of on that fringe. We've got Dak Prescott, ECR number nine at home, but against Green Bay is improved secondary. We got Jameis Winston going to New Orleans. Jameis Winston's been so up and down. Do you want to trust him? And then Jared Goff at Seattle. Those are all really tight. Oh, man, this is tough. I'm going to go Winston with... A lot of reservations here, I, just because you know, you know. I think I mean the Saints are legit, really good defense, a really good pass defense. I think that this, I'm kind of buying into the whole notion of this Arians offense, this Bucks offense being an above average offense. Keep in mind though, the last last year when Tampa Bay moved it up and down the field against New Orleans, that was with Fitzmagic, the beginning of Fitzmagic. It wasn't Winston. Winston was suspended for that game, so I mean we can't even use last year as a guide at all. I've got him a, a notch above uh, Goff and two notches ab- or three notches above Dak. Don't really love any of them this week. Yeah, they're all like that low end QB one, high end QB two range. I th- I think I probably give the nod to Prescott. I don't know. I don't even feel good saying Prescott in this one to be honest with you because it's just like you know Tyron Smith is starting left tackle is going to miss this game. Man, this is tough. I mean, Winston can like implode at any moment. And I know that. I'm not stupid. Like, in in the Saints defense played a hell of a game last week. Against Dak Prescott, though. Like, Dak Prescott was not very good. No, he wasn't good. And I know that. I pro- I guess I'll, I'll say Winston. Uh, there's risk with him. But at the same time, it's, let's not pretend that Prescott's a great start or that even Jared Goff is a great start at Seattle. No one really even mentioned Jared Goff on Thursday Night Football. You know, I usually don't love Thursday Night Games. But this one, the Rams and the Seahawks, it's going to be a doozy. I'm excited for it. Should be interesting for sure. Yeah, was that the worst 500-yard performance you've ever seen from uh, the Goff's game there? I'll say this, fantasy-wise, throwing <laughs> interceptions is not the worst thing in the world for you because it means you get the ball back pretty quickly. You know, It just means more throws. By the way, when you're watching the Seahawks-Rams contest or on Sunday when all the games are going on, you can only watch you know your favorite team or whatever. 
I would advise you guys to pull open game day. I've got it open all day long when I'm watching, you know, games on different screens and everything like that, because I don't want to miss any single play. Game day is a free tool that we have. It's at fantasypros.com slash game day. And on Sunday, we're actually going to have that on our main page as the main link. Click on it. You'll see every single play that happens. It tracks all of your information when you've got it uploaded to my playbook. Again, that's fantasypros.com slash game day. All right, guys, any other quarterbacks you have big opinions on this week, like somebody in the top 10 that you don't want to play or somebody outside the top 15, Andy Dalton against Arizona that you'd be excited to play? Mm, I mean, John, losing John Ross, without John Ross and AJ Green, it's really difficult to say that he's like a, a must start or anything like that. I do like Kirk Cousins this week. I feel like he's streamable and I think the Vikings know they have to get him going. Otherwise, that team's going nowhere. But Kyler Murray, like I, I know he's in the top 10 of ECR, but I know some people, a lot of people ask me questions about Kyler Murray every week. I have him as a top six quarterback play against Cincy. Even it, it is worrisome that he did lose Christian Kirk, but Cincinnati's just not very good. Yeah, but we've got Kyler Murray top six. Jeff, how do you feel about Kyler Murray? And do you have someone you have big opinions on? I agree. I like Kyler Murray. I'm a self-hating Bengals fan, disclosure here. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's weird how the defense is struggling when you don't it, it, when you discover that, oh, you have zero linebackers that are good. Uh, it, it's amazing how that can be exploitable. I think this could be a big David Johnson week, though. I think that might be the one thing that's a drag on Murray. I just think that they're, you know, it's the one time I think that the resistible force of the uh, Cardinals offensive line will be uh, better than the movable object of the Bengals front seven. I'll say this. If you're really desperate and you've got Daniel Jones or Josh Allen in bad matchups, I would pick up Chase Daniel and I would play him this week against Oakland. I know they're probably not going to pass a ton, but he looked great last week. He's got some weapons as well. Pro Football Focus ranked him as the number two quarterback last week in their in his performance. I would rather use him than Daniel Jones or Josh Allen. So can you guys answer me why, why is Cincinnati a three-point favorite over Arizona? I mean, I know Arizona's not good, but... Should Cincinnati be a favorite over anybody? Week one lag? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I think there's a natural tendency to overreact to the most recent game. Maybe there's some pushback from early betters trying to exploit that. I don't know. I'll say this. You know, I think that, I mean, yeah, it would be different if Ross were there, I think, because Arizona's secondary is so damn bad. uh, That I think that they could try to, could move the ball against them that way, but... I don't know. It It's hard to defend it. All right, guys. Tight end position. Nobody's benching Kelsey, Ingram, Ertz, Kittle, Andrews, Waller. But then when we get down to the tight end seven, Greg Olson, tight end eight, Austin Hooper at Houston, tight end nine, Will Disley, not in as good of a matchup this week. Delaney Walker gets Buffalo. Tyler Eifert in Arizona. He's in my top eight. No problem against Arizona. Um, it's really ugly. So do you guys have a tight end that you feel good about tags and one that you maybe don't want to start? Oh, I mean, you said Eifert. Oh, that's definitely one I'm starting. Uh, I have him at number seven right now, I think, among tight ends. Trey Burton is interesting against Oakland. Uh, they're They're a team that it struggled against tight ends last year. They they lost Jonathan Abram in week one. Now Vontae's perfect out. Like that team is just, they're not a good defense. So Trey Burton could be an interesting one. Uh, one player that I've been telling people to sit for a long time is Jared Cook. And if you're going to get one usable week out of them, it's probably this one. <laughs> I mean, Tampa Bay, the safety duo really does suck. And uh, they allowed 11 top 12 performances last year. They've not allowed a a top 10 tight end in each of their four games this year, including Gerald Everett uh, last week. So if you're like Jared Cook, if there's one week you could use him, it's probably this one. Would you start him over OJ Howard? I actually have one spot over OJ Howard. Yeah, OJ Howard against the Saints, horrible matchup. Jimmy Graham against Dallas after the big game, nine targets, nine receptions, whatever it was, and a touchdown. I'd rather go Jared Cook over both these guys. 
Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. So one guy I wanted to ask you guys about is Ben Watson. We were earlier talking about Dorsett, and now Watson's coming back. You know, the tight end hasn't been a part of the Pats' offense at all this year. They have four receptions uh, between the two tight ends combined through the first, uh, between Lacoste and Izzo. Uh, do you think Watson plays a bigger role, and how quickly does that happen? It's tough to say. I mean, he's an older tight end. Uh, he is a veteran, but he being away from the team, not having chemistry with with uh, Tom Brady, we've expected tight ends in the past, like guys like Dwayne Allen, uh, to walk in and all of a sudden, if Gronk's out, we want to start them. And, and they've been letdowns most of the time. So I don't want to jump into starting Watson if I don't have to this week. Washington has been solid against tight ends uh, with Landon Collins there. So I, um, if you're like completely desperate, like looking for a bottom of the barrel one, I mean, Jordan Aikens, maybe. <laughs> I mean, again, you're attacking you're attacking a game that might be higher scoring. He he's like he's been getting more targets, and he did have one big week, but I don't know. It's the again the Falcons defense just really sucks uh, right now. Like in terms of like losing that backbone in Keanu Neal, and that's that's basically why. But again. I think you're able to get Trey Burton off the waiver wire. Again, Tyler Eifert was someone that we talked about earlier in the week. So hopefully you don't have to go down that far. I was going to say Trey Burton. If you're desperate, I would just go Trey Burton over Watson. And let's watch Watson. I think he's a good uh, waiver wire speed dial guy if anything does happen. And we, you remember Martellus Bennett, three touchdowns when he filled him for Grok. These things do happen with Tom Brady. So let's keep an eye on it. Watson has been productive throughout his career, even as an old guy. So defense special teams, I'm going first. I love the Tennessee Titans this week against Buffalo. I mean, they've been good as it is, giving up, what is it, 14, 15 points per game so far this season. They've racked up 13 sacks in four games against some pretty dang good offenses as well. So I love them against the Bills with or without Josh Allen. Yeah, they're they're up there for me in my top five. So I'm with you on that one. Okay. Yeah, I've got them top five too. Jeff, do you have someone in the top 10 that you feel good about this week? Uh, Yeah, I think the Chargers are another good a repeat. Uh, team, I think that well, they they're they're not they're not sixty percent available, so I won't use them as that and that as a stream. Maybe people cut the Eagles going uh, going into the Green Bay game. I love them obviously against the Jets. Even with Darnold comes back, I I, I love them this week. I think they're the probably the top stream I've seen, top pickup I've seen in a couple of leagues. You know, a lot a lot of leagues. You know, people don't stash an extra defense, even though we do a lot of streaming. You'll start to see a lot of churn, and I think that they were available a lot of churns. I I think. If you're looking maybe to try to find some sacks, I mean, Arizona is not a bad Hail Mary this week. That's an interesting call against Cincinnati and their horrid offensive line. I don't have them in my top 15, but if you're, like you said, Hail Mary, yeah, uh, GPP and DFS, I think there's, there's a decent chance that Arizona put some points on the board. I've got Philadelphia as my number two defense this week, so that's a great call. Tags, who do you have in your top 10 that you feel good about? You picking on Gardner Minshew, trying that one for the third straight week and uh, failing? I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing to, I mean, Denver <laughs> worked out last week, man. I mean, they had they sacked him five times, and that's a, that's what you're looking for. Carolina is tied for the league league in sacks uh, sacks right now. They're going to match up well with the wide receivers from Jacksonville. So I do like Carolina again. I'm messing, man. It's it's a really good call. They got 14 sacks in the last two weeks. Yeah, dude. and like and, and like right next to them, I have the New Orleans Saints uh, against the Bucks because again, you're looking for guys that could potentially you know be sacked. And Jameis Winston's offensive line is not great. They're not going to be able to run the ball in the Saints, so they're going to drop back to pass. And if Jameis Winston implodes, you have like the number one defense of the week. <laughs> That's just how it works. And that game, uh, it is taking place in New Orleans, which is always 
good for them. I like to think of things like this. If you simulate the game a thousand times, what is the average score for these defenses? Sure, the Saints, 70, 80% of the time, they put up, what, three, four, five defensive points? That's not much. But every once in a while, they're going to put up 18, 25 fantasy points, and you're going to win your week because of that. So I do have the Saints in my top 10 as a result of that. We'll see what happens. Guys, let's end the show by going with our start of the week, our sit of the week, and our stream of the week. So start of the week is someone you're not always comfortable starting, but this week because their matchup, game script, injuries, whatever it may be, you feel great about. Jeff, who are you going with? Well, we already talked about one of them. I was going to say uh, Auden Tate, but also, you know, because of the mention, the reasons you guys mentioned earlier about Naheem Hines, I mean, I think he's a great start in PPR leagues, uh, really because of the game flow, because of, I, I think, I think there's room for both Colts backs to eat. Uh, I think that, they, there should be a, a lot of room. I think the Colts are going to want to keep the ball on the ground. Tags, I'm going with Robbie Anderson. If that was your pick, too bad, man. No, no, too no. You can't, you can't take him. You're not allowed to do that. You're hosting here. I'm going Robbie Anderson. <laughs> so Robbie Anderson is is the play. Like the Eagles secondary is like legitimately like dying uh, slowly. Like they they may be without like four of their cornerbacks this week. It, it's ugly. The the Jets have had legitimately two weeks to, pre- to prepare for this game. I know they're going into Philadelphia, but they're not going to be able to run the ball at Le'Veon Bell. I'm going to go with Robbie Anderson here. That's fine. You take Robbie Anderson. I was actually setting you up to take Robbie Anderson so I could have Tyler Eifert. I mean, Eifert's not a bad one. Court- Cortland Sutton would be someone else that I'd, I I thought about putting in there. All right, let's go sit of the week. This is someone you would usually start this week. I don't really want to do it. Jeff, you're first. DJ Chark. Uh, I, I was I, I'm all in on the connection with him and Minshew, but just not this week against Carolina. I, I don't want any part of it. I think that's a really good one. I'm going Josh Jacobs against Chicago. Tags, who you taking? I'm going DJ Moore versus Jacksonville. All right. And finally, stream of the week. This is someone who's available on the waiver wire in the majority of leagues that you can pick up and use this week and then cut them. I guess Eifert would have qualified. I could have used him there, but uh, since Tags was a jerk and took Robbie Anderson, I'll have to come up with someone else. Jeff, who are you going with? Stream of the week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with, uh, with Trey Quinn. I, I think that if the Pats really want to try to do- lock down Terry McLaurin, I think Quinn's going to get a lot of targets. Uh, perhaps he might actually hit him this time. Uh, and I think he's going to be kind of a sneaky guy. That's really interesting. Tags, who do you have? Yeah, that's not a bad call. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the one that I stole from Jeff earlier. I'm going to say Auden Tate. Uh, he's a guy that, I mean, I know he was picked up in some leagues um, with the John Ross news, but he's still he's still like under-owned. In term, I, th- I want to say he's available in over 80% of leagues right now, so I'll say Auden Tate. Mine is conditional. It depends on if T.Y. Hilton and or Paris Campbell is out. And it's Deion Kane. I think he's an extraordinarily talented wide receiver in this Indianapolis wide receiver core. Uh, they've got the Kansas City Chiefs this week, the game script that goes with it. You know, Deion Kane led this team in, in snaps last week. I think that he is a really sneaky one right now. I'm looking at him. ECR number 79. You can definitely get him and you can definitely use him. And if those two guys are out, I'd feel good about it. Yeah, I could see it. I lost on Pascal's wager last week. I thought he would be the guy, and you know, he just didn't do a whole lot. Trying to figure out which Colt is going to jump in has been kind of tricky. They actually turned to the tight ends a lot last week. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has. All right, guys, that's all for today's show. Jeff, it was a pleasure having you on. Thanks for taking the time. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. All right, and I want to say thanks to the sponsor of today's show, Pristine Auction. You guys are going to want to check out Pristine Auction because there are great values there and everything is guaranteed authentic from only the most trusted sources. That's pristineauction.com. P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. And don't forget to check out game day at fantasypros.com slash game day. You guys are going to love this tool. I have open every single week without exception. And also don't forget to sign up for the Julian Edelman signed helmet giveaway at fantasypros.com slash contest. 
For Jeff Erickson and Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.